Welcome everyone to the L7C podcast, the NFL edition, the one where we're going to be talking about that Super Bowl that just concluded this past Sunday, being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And we have the producer with us, the football expert, Justin Akendo. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? I hope it isn't snowing where our listen- listeners are listening from, because it's snowing in Ohio for sure. Yeah, it's snowing in Ohio. We may still get some more when we go to sleep tonight. So that's always, always, always a plus. But we know where it didn't snow in uh, Tampa, Florida, Tampa Bay, Florida. They got some pretty good weather. It didn't even rain during the Super Bowl where some people predicted it might rain. Yeah, meteorologists are always wrong. <laughs> I swear they're wrong. They're they're wrong more than they're right. But yeah, we're we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl. We're gonna talk about uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and really just um, you like the halftime show, things of that nature. But let's get into this, Justin. We both had the Chiefs in this one, and we were dead wrong. Tampa Bay came out winning thirty-one to nine. The Chiefs not even scoring an offensive touchdown in this game. Were you shocked by the score and how the game was played? Yeah, I was definitely shocked. I didn't expect Kansas City to come out that flat. Um, I was definitely expecting them to, you know, be the Kansas City that we saw in the divisional round and at least the conference championship game. I mean, they were playing without Mitchell Schwartz for a lot of the games, and they lost Eric Fisher in the AFC championship game. I didn't think them not having their two starting tackles would be that much of a big deal, but it was honestly the story of the game. Tampa Bay rushed with four, kept the safeties back, and was getting pressure with four, and Patrick Mahomes was under the rest the whole game. He did his best. He got surgery today for turf toe, so he was playing hurt, but yeah, the game basically came down to Kansas City's offensive line not being able to hold up to Tampa Bay's front four. I mean, they were they're incredible. Shaq Baird, the Dominican Sue via Vea, Shaq Barrett, like they're on fire and gotta give all the credit in the world to them. That's what really won them the game. Yeah, it felt like every play they were in the backfield of the Chief. Like, I felt like that line just watching that entire game, they couldn't block anything. And every time they hiked the ball, there's already two people ready to sack Patrick and he had to run around and I think there was a stat saying he had like 500 like rushing yards from like fighting for his life, which is absurd. And also, he didn't get any help from from his weapons. There were a couple that hit. I don't know if it was Tyreek who got hit one in the face. Tyreek got hit in the face mask. He was um, Mahomes scrambled to the left and was falling down and it hit Tyreek Hill right in the face mask. Travis Travis Kelsey had a drop in the second quarter that would have been a first down. I mean. Yeah, the receivers really didn't help him too much. The Chiefs did have some success running the football, and they never stuck with it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a couple good runs. and this, In the beginning of the game, they probably should have ran the ball more because Tampa Bay was in, a was in a two-man defense, meaning that they have two deep safeties and man-on-man and man across the board. And that's, and that's a good running look for the um, offense, and the offense should have you know, ran the ball more because it was – if the um if the defense is playing man across for across the receivers, when the receiver goes out on a route, it's gonna take some of that run support out. So 
Kansas City definitely should have ran the ball more, and they just didn't do it. And yeah, no one really showed up. Yeah, no one, no one did. I honestly thought after that defense got that goal line stand that that was going to be the momentum changer. I really did, but they weren't able to capitalize on that. And also, I just felt like not saying the refs played a part in this game or anything like that, but Tampa Bay got a lot of calls like a lot of calls. And I felt like the Chiefs did not get any calls at all. Anytime the Chiefs got a stop on defense, they were called for a holding or a PI, or even though I thought some were uncatchable. Did you see that as well? Yeah, some the refs were kind of playing the um they're kind of calling the game a little tight for my liking for a Super Bowl. But I I looked at I was looking at the highlights before we got on and no, they were legit fouls, but some of them were a little ticky tacky, especially the one um, on Tyron Matthew when he got the pick, and they called they called holding across across the field. They like the um, dude they called holding on wasn't even in the play, and that negated the interception. That was a turning point for me. If Chiefs would have held on to that ball and got that interception and wasn't negated by a penalty, I think that they probably could change momentum and like got back into the game at that point. Yeah, it's just wild thinking that this Kansas City Chiefs offense did not score an offensive touchdown in the game. Like that, that defense was out of out of its mind, and even the offense too. I saw the stat that everyone who scored a touchdown for Tampa Bay was not there last year. <laughs> Tom Brady had three passing touchdowns. Two were to Gronk. One was into Antonio Brown. And Leonard Fournette scored a touchdown. So all the touchdowns contributed were to all players that weren't there. And when Tom Brady got there, they came there because Tom Brady's there, which is, that's wild too. Yeah, it's definitely wild. It's just, you know, the culture that Tom Brady was able to bring down to Tampa Bay, is, it's just incredible to watch. I mean, he's at, he got Antonio Brown on a freaking Super Bowl ring. No one wanted to touch Antonio Brown. He was letting the man, you know, live into his house. And Leonard Fournette, everyone thought Leonard Fournette was done. He was, he can be one of their MVPs of the playoffs too. I mean, he was, yes. they gave him the ball at opportune times and he took advantage of it. And yeah, I just think the um, players that Tampa Bay acquired along the way through free agency and during the season, you know, lifted them and got them a Super Bowl win. I would say too, with the Antonio Brown thing, because we've seen how the NFL Hall of Fame, they'll keep you out if they don't like you for a while. All of like T.O. and his behavior said A.B. is was significantly worse than T.O. But now with the Super Bowl ring and his production in Pittsburgh, he, I already thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer. But now he has to be first ballot, right? I still don't think they're going to give him Antonio really? Brown first ballot Hall of Fame. Not him. If T.O. didn't get first ballot Hall of Fame, True. I don't think I don't think A.B. will. They did. They did let Calvin Johnson get it on the first. On the mm-hmm. first ballot, which is, you know, surprising coming from the NFL Hall of Fame. But, yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, because the NFL Hall of Fame, I will give them credit. They're, they're one of the more stingier Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Because I'm not even going to lie you. I take the basketball Hall of Fame as a complete joke. So, the yeah, NFL it, definitely does a good job of keeping, keeping their Hall of Fame, you know, clean. And then baseball, they're not even laying 
they're not even electing anyone in the Hall of Fame this year. So that's mm-hmm. just a whole mess every time. <laughs> it seems like right. all the players up for um the Hall of Fame for baseball were steroid era guys. So So in with Hall of Fame, I don't know if they're really gonna make a section just dedicated to Tom Brady now. Because now he has a seventh Super Bowl. So he has more, he has the most Super Bowls ever. More than teams now, because it was the Patriots who had six when he was there, but now he has seven, and there was 49ers, Cowboys, Steelers, and all of that. Where, how do you, this guy was a six round pick and now has seven rings, and the Bucks were literally seven and nine. And like you talked about earlier, the culture, they took Jameis out, inserted him, got a couple other pieces, like you said, who were all washed up. And they won the Super Bowl. Before I even go to his stuff that people bring it up, do you think this is the best Super Bowl run that you've seen in your life? Beating three who are going to be first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl? It's, it's definitely impressive. It's, it's just more Tom Brady, since 2014, he has won a Super Bowl every, every even year since 2014. The man's had essentially three different careers you got the first years in new england where you know that was a defensive football team tom brady was just game managing and they won three super bowls doing that you got the middle of tom brady's career where they weren't they're they're getting to super bowl but they weren't winning it but tom brady was putting up numbers he had randy moss he had the 07 season undefeated and then you got the third act after um super bowl where they um beat the seahawks with the malcolm butler play so the man's had three careers it's just impressive I don't know if I'm going to say it's the best run I've seen from a single quarterback and quarterback um, on the on the way to win the Super Bowl. As much as I hate Eli Manning, what he did in 2007 and 2007 was really impressive. I mean, he went on, he won every game on the road, and he also be a Hall of Famer, the goat in the Super Bowl. So I don't think I can put this run over that. But yeah, Tom Brady has had three careers, and he has seven Super Bowls to prove for it, and it's just incredible. It really is. Yeah, if I do remember with Eli's one, they beat Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that was Brett Favre's last um, game. And Green then Bay. in 2011, he beat Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he, he did. Yeah, because I just, when I was thinking about it, because you're like Tom Brady first, <laughs> you go to New Orleans, you beat Drew Brees, then you go to Green Bay, and you beat uh, Aaron Rodgers, and then you come home for the Super Bowl, and you beat last year's Super Bowl champs and that I mean I agree with the Eli one because the Eli one he's the reason that that team wasn't 19 and 0 so that that's a good point to compare those those two and now me personally I thought the goat stuff was really solidified not even now I thought it was solidified after the Seattle comeback because they were down 14 and that second half fourth quarter was amazing and sure Malcolm Butler sealed the deal, but that's why NFL is the ultimate team game. I thought it was solidified then. And then obviously with the 28 to three comeback, but now it it has to be closed for the time being that he's the, the quarterback go. Are you going so far to say he's pure football, the football goat or where are you at? Since football is such a team game, I can't go and say that he's the he's the overall goat of football because he's just playing one position on a team where there's 22 positions. But 
quarterbacks, it's not up for debate. You cannot, you cannot debate Tom Brady being the GOAT quarterbacks, 10 Super Bowls, 7 championships. It's just, you don't have words for it. Like, it's mind-blowing when you say it out loud, 10 Super Bowls, 7 titles. Like, 7-3 in the Super Bowl. It is wild. Like, and, and you would think, and then it's just so crazy thing about the quarterbacks that beat him in the Super Bowl, Eli Mang and Nick Foles. Not Aaron yeah. Rodgers, not, not Big Ben. Big Ben never beat Tom Brady to go to a Super Bowl. Like, all his contemporaries can't even match up to him. Patrick Mahomes had the chance to, you know, get a, get a, lead, up on Bra- get a lead up on Brady winning back-to-back Super Bowls, and now he's stuck at one, too, so he's still in the the Aaron Rodgers type of boat, Russell Wilson type of boat. So, yeah, he's just separated himself even more when the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Peyton Manning had the Super Bowl win in Denver. He was the one who had, he had over Tom Brady that he won with two franchises, then Tom Brady wins with Tampa Bay. So Peyton Manning doesn't even have that anymore. It's just, he's just, set, the more he plays, the more he's just separating himself. Yeah, I, I agree with the more he plays, the more he's separating himself. And I also, I'm to wonder too, how many more, Super Bowls would he have had if uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning didn't exist in the AFC? Because you talked about it with the first three. After those first three that he won, he didn't go back to the Super Bowl for 10 years. Yeah, he, he, he didn't win one in um, 10 years. He, um... yeah, he didn't win one in 10 years, but he only went to one because he went to that one in seven and lost. And then, but, the, one, and then the one in 2000. 11. 12. Yeah, the one 2012 against the Giants. So he had that huge gap that he didn't win. So that's my thing with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's going to win seven or anything close to that. But people forget that Tom Brady had a 10-year gap from 04 to 14 before winning again after winning three. So do you think that Patrick Mahomes, after this loss, because Vegas already came out that they're, they're the favorites. Uh, Kansas City, that they could come back, win again, because he's only, what, 25? He's only 25. He's only 25, and Tom Brady's 43. So if Patrick Mahomes plays another 10, 12, and now they're making, Tom Brady's making 40 look like it's the new 30. If he plays 10, 12 years, could he potentially maybe get two, three more? Because right now in the AFC, who's really standing in their way? In the AFC, if these teams get together, I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo keeps playing well if Lamar Jackson ever can conquer his playoff woes. I think he would I think he'd have a better chance of catching Brady if he was in the NFC, honestly. But you know, Tom Brady is the outlier of all outliers. Like no quarterback in their forties is playing well as Tom Brady. He's the only one. So a lot of these guys expecting that they can play into their forties, like for me, I just gotta see that. Like I just gotta see if they can if they can do that. But Patrick Mahomes, I definitely think he has, you know, 10, 12 years left. And, yeah, I can definitely see him winning a couple more Super Bowls. But, you know, it's hard. Unless you're Tom Brady, it's hard winning a Super Bowl year mm-hmm. in, year out. I mean, the last person to win back-to-back was Tom Brady. But the Chiefs just need to build a better team around Patrick Mahomes. I know that, you know, the offense is pretty stacked. But they, they need to work on their defense a little bit. Tampa Bay was able to run the ball too easy on them. The coaching staff needs to start. See, the Chiefs didn't make any adjustments after after halftime that game. They were just lining up, 
and sending five receivers out, knowing that they, knowing that Tampa Bay is getting pressure with four, not, you know, chipping with Travis Kelsey or, you know, adding an extra lineman. They're just sending five receivers out every single time and not helping their, helping their um, line. So they just got to make better decisions, you know, coaching and with personnel so they can um, make it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I just see with the AFC, you're right, with the Bills and with the Ravens, and so far Kansas City's gotten the better of both of them. And then you we got to say them now because they're up and coming. They want a playoff game. The Browns, who potentially are up and coming, we'll see how they evolve next year. And there's also pieces where if Deshaun Watson lands somewhere in the AFC and makes the team an instant contender, or if he leaves, um, if Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, if they step up, but I, they're they're the team now. I because they went to the AFC Championship game. If it wasn't for the penalty, they would have been in the Super Bowl. Then they went to the Super Bowl, won, went to the Super Bowl, lost. Usually, when you have that type of stretch, unless you're like New England, you start to decline a little bit. Do you see them declining, or is this the Super Bowl make them hungry again during the offseason to get back and? beat the brakes off whoever they play. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely a good football team. I could definitely see them um I can definitely see them going back to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're, don't think they're going to fall off too much cuz they're still going to have Patrick Mahomes, a healthy Patrick Mahomes. Still going to have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I just think they need to you know fix their defense. They were 31st in rush DVOA yeah. defensively, so they need to you know maybe get It's really not even the defense line. They need better linebackers so they can stop the run better. And if they can correct some of those things on defense and become a, a more balanced team on offense, because you know they they got Patrick Mahomes, so they think they can just pass the ball every fucking day, every fucking play. So they get a run, they get a running game in there, and they'll be right where they are. Now I'm not concerned about them right now. Switch over to the NFC. Uh, Tampa Bay. They had their parade today, day of recording. And Bruce Arians are talking about they're going to run it back. That's usually what everybody says when they win, that they're going to win it again. And they have Chris Godwin and free agency, but Bruce Arians said they're bringing everybody back, so they're going to figure that out. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And the NFC, what do you think their chances are to potentially go back to the Super Bowl? Because now, depending on how COVID and stuff goes in the offseason, Tom Brady didn't even have an offseason with these guys. So now he's going to potentially get a full offseason. Where are their chances on going back? What do you think on that? I think they have the inside track to go back. Let's look at their division. Yeah. This, we all know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Saints. Carolina's still rebuilding. And the Falcons are just the Falcons. So I think they're definitely going to win that division. They're going to get a home, they're going to get a home game in the playoffs. They might even fuck around and get the bye. So. Yeah, I think they'll be definitely in a good spot. We gotta see what Green we gotta see what Green Bay is gonna do. We need to see who the 49ers get at quarter who's gonna play quarterback for the 49ers. So that's that's gonna be the key roadblock to Tampa Bay. What 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 does the San Francisco's 49ers do at quarterback? Is Jimmy G gonna play or are they gonna trade him or trade some pieces to you know maybe get Deshaun Watson or draft someone? We just gotta see what what they do too, because I think that's gonna be the main roadblock. To their success of trying to repeat is a 49ers or Green Bay. Yeah, 49ers or Green Bay. What about because that happens, Trey? What about the Rams? Yeah, I can see the 
I see the Rams as a playoff team. I don't know. I don't know how dominant they're going to be. I need to see how Matt Stafford fits in. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think the um, 49ers are the real roadblock. The whole damn team was hurt this year. Yeah. They can still run the ball. They're going to get George Kittle back. They're going to get Nick Bosa back. We just got to see who. I mean, last year's Super Bowl, they almost won. The, they almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs with them. Yes, they did. Jimmy Garoppolo. There was one aired pass. If he would have hit on one pass, they would have won. So that's so that's what I'm saying. If they can get if they can get someone in there that can that can be you know a little better than Jimmy G was, they'll be all guns and blazing. And then with the with the Saints too, we gotta see who's playing quarterback for them too. I know they're in cap hell right now, but that's still that's still a good football team as well. Drew Brees kind of brought them down in that playoff game. I mean, I hate to say it, but he looked really old in that game. So they definitely need a new quarterback. And if they can get a new quarterback in, I mean, their defense was solid. Michael Thomas missed a lot of the year, so hopefully you're going to get healthy net Michael Thomas for next year. So the Saints can be a potential roadblock in division, depending on who's playing quarterback for them next year. So you're saying, as of right now, we could potentially see a rematch of these two if everything stays the same. We could. We could, absolutely. And there's a team that you didn't bring up who he just entered the news recently today and yesterday night. You didn't bring up the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson was talking about he's been hit too many times and they need a better O-line. Were you shocked by him actually talking and saying something like that? Him actually saying that, yes, I was shocked. But, like, you know, I agree with him. Like, he, every time you watch the Seattle Seahawks play, typically it's coming down to Russell Wilson trying to save them. So, I I think Russell Wilson's a smart guy. He's a good quarterback. I think that, yeah, you should let your franchise quarterback, you know, be in, be in on a couple of decisions with, you know, offensive personnel. I know he's not asking to pick out cornerbacks. He's just, you know, trying to have a little bit more input into the offense. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I know a lot of people on the sports media were saying they probably shouldn't have said anything, but I, I like him putting a little bit of pressure on the Seahawks. Absolutely. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Complete speaking of pressure on the AFC side, you know, Deshaun still hasn't been traded, but now they're the Houston president has resigned after like 20 years of being there. So, Justin, man, something's got to be going on in Houston. Something has to be. So, their president resigned today. Wow. After 20 years of being there. So, that, so that should tell you everything you need to know right there. He, like the president, Foreign president of the organization thinks shit's funny, go- something funny going on over there. So, yeah, Deshaun Watson, yeah, I don't think he suits for the Texans next year. Like I said, he is under contract for him, and it seems like the Texans are about to play hardball with him, saying that they're not going to trade him. We just got to wait and see, but I've been on record saying that. I don't think he's going to suit for the Texans again, and I think he's holding. I think he's going to end up holding out until they trade him. And then other quarterback news uh, that came out, Schefter saying that Carson Wentz could potentially be traded this week. Well, the week is getting closer to the end. Do you think he's going to get traded this week? And where do you think he's going to land? Who's going to take that contract? I'm seeing people talk hopes now that they could take the contract and be semi okay. Yeah, that's the only that's the only option that I see going. I think that it's either going to be the Colts or the Chicago Bears. I don't. I think if he goes to the Bears, it's going to be more of the same. And 
if he goes to the Colts, I mean, as long as Carson Wentz doesn't mess it up, that'll be that'll be a scary football team. But yeah. I mean, he regressed so much this year that the Colts are the only team that I think they can fix him. He goes back with Frank Wright, so I think the Colts is the move there for them. But yeah, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz should be clamoring to stay with the Eagles. I mean. After playing so shitty for him, I think he owes them. So, what could what do you think Carson Wentz could get on the market? What do you, like a first round pick, couple first rounds? Like, what do you think? Maybe a first round pick, but I don't think he's worth. I don't think he's worth two after this twenty twenty season. Absolutely not. No, no. I want to go back to Tampa Bay and with them winning the Super Bowl because I don't know if you if you peeped Bruce Arians' staff. That his staff is full of minorities from top to bottom, mm-hmm. from running backs coach. And obviously, I mean, we'll shout these two out when uh, me and Chelsea do a podcast. But we have two um, women, Morell and Lori. Lori was the assistant defensive line coach, and Morell's the assistant strength and conditioning coach. First two women to win Super Bowl rings as coaches. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's incredible. I mean, Todd Bowles, see, Todd Bowles put on such a great, he's a defensive coordinator for the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, see, he did he did what the um, Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff didn't do. He adjusted. That first game, he was blitzing Patrick Mahomes, and Tyreek Hill was carving them up. This game, he knew he, he, he knew he couldn't blitz as much. He knew that Kansas City's offensive line was injured, and he rushed four. Doubled Tyreek Hill, he doubled Travis Kelsey, and you saw what happened to him. So big, big ups to Todd Bowles, big up to Brian Leftwich, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They did a really good job on Sunday. Yeah, they they really did, and uh, people might be trying to poach him for head coaching jobs in the future. And also, last thing I do want to end is with Brady, but before I get to that, what did you think of the halftime show? Did you like it? Love it? Indifferent? I'm indifferent. I mean, I like the weekend, so I thought it was a pretty good performance. I didn't I didn't do what I saw in the last pack podcast. I was drinking heavily, so I don't really <laughs> remember too much of it. But from what I remember, I thought it was pretty good. The man has hits for days. I didn't really realize how many hits he has. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he did well. The people who I were watching with, they were singing along to the stuff. So I think he did well. And in this day and age too. Some of the stuff he did was so meme worthy. So now that's how you judge how people do. If you have, if your stuff's meme worthy, you caught the attention of everyone. Did you make any money off the Super Bowl? Did you make any prop bets? Anything like that? Two prop, two prop bets that I put out on the podcast didn't hit. The Chiefs obviously didn't hit, but I was able to get some money back because I did do a live bet on Tampa Bay in the third quarter when I realized what the game was going to be. So I made a little bit of a bet. So with Tom Brady, we talked about the GOAT stuff. Uh, quarterback, it's solidified. I don't think anyone's catching him. Aaron Rodgers only has one. Drew Brees has uh, one. They're not. Well, Aaron could potentially get one, but he's not going to get six more. Patrick has a long career, but the end, this is the NFL. Too much parody. And we talked about if he was the GOAT in football in general, and you said that's too hard. But the newest thing now since he's won seven, is people are debating if he's the goat of goats. 
what do you think about this current debate going on? And a lot of people after the seven are starting to say he's the goat of goats. The goat of goats. Hmm. I mean, football is just such a team game. I just can't give Tom Brady the supreme credit for all his Super Bowl wins. I know, you know, with Michael Jordan, like, you know, he's playing offense, playing defense, leading the team. So, like, football is just hard to compare him that way. And then, like, just goats of all time. I, we're personally, honest with me, I think Serena Williams is my goat of all goats because that woman is just incredible and has been doing it forever. So, Tom Brady's definitely up there. I mean, as a single man, a single man Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than the three NFL franchises that have the most Super Bowls. So, the man, the man is just defying how we even talk about sports and how we even are categorizing these players just by the winning that he is doing so late into his career. He's 43 years old. This has never happened before. A 43-year-old starting a full season and winning a Super Bowl. We're just we're in completely uncharted waters right now with Tom Brady. Yeah, because, you know, people are thinking seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs. And like me and you have talked about it, nauseam on this podcast, making a team in the NFL is hard because of the salary cap. This ain't the NBA. Like, it, it's hard. So him able to win seven Super Bowls in this era's salary cap, absurd. And people have talked about, is he the greatest winner and team sports to now see the GOAT of GOATs because he's playing in the NFL and he has more Super Bowls than the organizations. And you brought up Michael and Serena and things like that. And I know when I talk to Chelsea down the line, she's going to get fired up about it because people weren't even bringing up the women. So, you know, she's going to. Yeah, I'll let, I'll, let, I'll let Chelsea do all that. She, she has a women's sports game unlocked, so. She she gets y'all schooled on that field. Yeah, she's gonna spaz on that because they didn't even bring up Serena and Simone. And I think Tom Brady is definitely in the discussion. I don't know if I could say he's the greatest, greatest of all time, but he's definitely in the discussion now because seven and five is wild. And God forbid if he if he goes and wins it next year and gets another Super Bowl MVP, that's eight Super Bowls. Six. See, what happens with me with Tom Brady, every time I count him out, 07 Super Bowl against the Giants, I thought yeah. he was going to beat the Eagles. Every time I think he's going to win, he ends up losing. losing. In, in, time, in the times where, he, where I think he has no shot of winning, Atlanta, Seattle, he wins. So, I. I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna keep predicting Tom Brady. The man is just unpredictable. I can't get a read on this man. I'm just gonna stop. I want I wanna pick him next year for the win of the Super Bowl again, but I just gotta see how offseason shake up and I'm I have picture that closer to the You know it's crazy too. This was his tenth Super Bowl. This was the first time his team has ever scored a touchdown in the first quarter. And this is the first Super Bowl. Where it was, well, after the score, it was never in doubt. All those other Super Bowls have come down to a field goal or (laughs) like they all, Tom Brady could be 0 and 9 in the Super Bowl because of how close those games were. Like it's ridiculous. And this is the game that at 43, they just beat 
beat the hell out of Kansas City. It's wild, man. I mean, he has I mean, he has a stacked roster. I mean, if you think about Tampa Bay, I mean, they were seven and nine last year. You gotta remember Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. Like throwing all those interceptions, putting like and their defense was good last year. Like the defense for Tampa Bay was just as good last year as they were this year. Jameis Winston was just putting the, that team in terrible positions. So you get that corrected, and yeah, you can go on with a Super Bowl. But as you said, Tom Brady has probably been on the most stacked roster of all time, and he lost that Super Bowl. It's happened. Is that I mean Kansas City is a at least mm-hmm. offensively, they're a stacked roster too. And mm-hmm. you saw what happened to them. You see what a front four can do against yeah. a, a shaky offensive line. I mean, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the story of the game was Tampa Bay's front four. They were getting after them. Kansas City's tackles did not block JPP or Shaq Barrett or Nanaman Sewer, even Via Vea. There was one play, Via Vea just pushed the center directly in the Patrick Mahomes, and you know. He threw, a, he threw an incompletion. Like, he, Patrick Mahomes couldn't get any time to do anything, and they won him the game. It, and when your um, defensive line is that dominant, it just makes everything else so much easier defensively. Oh, yeah. Outside of quarterback, man, those lines are the most important things. Really Outside is. of quarterback, they are the defensive line and offensive line are the most important things in football. But, Justin, man, that's all I had. Was there anything else you have to say? I know we're both waiting eagerly on Carson Wentz. We'll probably have to do an emergency one for that. But Yeah, yeah, I'm just waiting to see how the quarterback carousel works in these next coming weeks. It's about to, it's about to heat up. We're about to see some big names moving. So I'm just really excited for that. I'm glad that the Super Bowl was able to be played. There wasn't any rain. I mean, I wish Kansas City could put a better performance so we could at least have a good game. I mean, by the third quarter of that game, you... Shit, over. you knew. Like, it was yeah. over. I don't even really remember the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm done for this podcast, but just waiting to see what happens with these quarterbacks in these coming weeks, man. See where the, the NFL free agency moves everyone. And with NFL, got to shout out the NFL. They just completed their season in COVID, like we said they would. By any means, <laughs> by any means necessary. They got it done. They made money. The NFL ain't the league to play with when it comes to making money. No, this was the lowest rated Super Bowl since like 2007. I think that has a lot to do with, you know, the pandemic. You know, people throw Super Bowl parties, and I think if you take away that element, yeah, it's, it's going naturally just lower the ratings, but you said lowest rating since 07? Yeah. So the Patriots and Giants? Yeah. Well, I feel like that one was low because everyone thought the Patriots were going to win. It didn't turn it on. I mean, they were the overwhelming favorite. Yeah, they missed a good game if you didn't watch that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't miss anything much. But yeah, you're right, man. Just keeping up with this quarterback carousel that's about to start and free agency. We're getting mock drafts now. and. Todd McShay's uh, mock draft came out. He has, for the first time in history, four quarterbacks going one, two, three, four now. Damn. I mean, now he has Zach Wilson to two, which would go to the Jets, which also means Sam Darnold might be on the move. So, gotta see, just gotta see how it shakes, man. It's gonna be, it's just gonna be interesting. But yeah, first 
first NFL completed season on the L7C podcast. Uh, Justin, man, the NFL expert was here giving you guys that knowledge, putting some extra money in your pockets. You know you'll be hearing from Justin during the offseason. And when the NFL comes back, you'll be hearing from him. You still will be hearing from Justin on other podcasts. He's going to be hopping into the Naruto What If Battle podcast. So that's where his NFL notes and studying is going to go. He's going to be studying uh, the fight. And yeah, don't worry. You'll be hearing Justin still. You don't have to wait till football, but you will be hearing from Justin. And with that being said, thank you everyone for listening to the L7C podcast. You guys take care. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.